Friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's time. You know, I don't know what what, uh, the wrapping situation is near you. I mean, this is a wrap-up episode or recap-style episode, but that, like, uh, I don't know. Here's the thing. is wrapping, like, uh, wrapping paper. You know, there's wrapping, which is just R-A-P-P-I-N-G, but then there's W-wrapping, which means maybe to cloak in paper, uh... But uh, would, then there's wrapping things up, uh, which is, di- huh, here's the thing. When you're wrapping something up, aren't you really unwrapping it? No, because you're, uh, you're bringing it to a conclusion or close. I mean, like in this case, I'm, I am, I'm always wrapping stuff up because it's always going to be a mystery. What is this guy even talking about? And the number of times I've seen that symbol, wrap it up, uh, and I said, this is, this is how I wrap it up, slow, like, slowly and inefficiently. Uh, now, if, you, if you're new, I'm so glad you're here because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep, the show that exists to keep you company and take your mind off stuff so you could fall asleep. The show is very different. It does take some getting used to. Most listeners say give it two or three tries and see how it goes. But the reason I make the show is because you... You that are listening right now, whether you're a regular listener or you're new, you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a bedtime you can feel neutral about and look forward to. And that's why I make the show. Uh, and, and I mean, I also make it because I know how it feels in the deep, dark night, tossing, turn, you know, the, all that stuff. So I'm so glad you're here. Here's what's coming up. A lot of nonsense and confusing stuff, but the show will have some support. So it can come out free twice a week. Then there'll be an intro, which could be part of your wind down routine or may put you to sleep. And then there'll be a nice uh, story kind of recap or look back and look forward type thing. Very sleepy. Oh, boy. Be some serious navel navel gazing. I might even look up what navel gazing means during this intro. Holy teaser and spoiler! Because for me, you know, I have my own inter. You see, that's a word I have my own interpretation of. Always me, always me, always makes me think of a fuzzy navel, which is a drink that I didn't really have a lot of. But I don't drink anymore. But uh, holy cow, this is supposed to be a podcast intro. It's time for sleep with me. The podcast that puts you to sleep. And thanks for making it all possible, my patron peeps. Uh, I, I was thinking of Peach, because Peach and Fuzzy Navel come in. Thanks, patron, my pe- peachy, peachy, peachy keen on you patrons. Thanks. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. And what I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, you know, things on your mind, thoughts about the today, yesterday, tomorrow, all those things 40, you know, years ago. Five years ago, five years, you know, all thoughts about the past, present, or the future, feelings, anything coming up for you emotionally uh, related to those thoughts or feelings, uh, 
Uh, so if anything feeling, anything you're dealing with physically that's coming up that you're experiencing, anything on the, you know, on the schedule, you know, it could be guests, it could be travel, changes in time, temperature, routine, could have something big coming up or something big going on. You know, whatever it is, uh, I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of that. I do now the reminder, that part of the show where I, I just brought it all up, uh, that doesn't work for everybody. But the reason I bring it up is the reason I make the show. And so many people are listening along, whether you're new, but there's so many regular listeners listening right now with you. And the most, well, this is the second most important thing I could tell you, which I already said once, but it's like, uh, well, not everyone, not all of us know exactly what you're going through. A lot of us can probably, or, or more than likely, there's people out there that can relate to how it feels in the deep, dark night. And I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if that means like pseudo, like what this is, is you know, non-pseudo loneliness or whatever. I don't know. But in, you know, because everything's happening at different times and, you know, ones and zeros and all that. But even in the, between those ones and zeros, that's the truth is uh, there's some feelings connecting us. I don't know how it happens, but there's other people listening right at this moment. And uh, they know how it feels uh, or they could probably say, oh, yeah, well, I felt this and I dealt with this. Uh, so whatever it is you're going through, there's somebody nodding along right now saying, yeah, I'm going through, I'm going through something, Scoots. Uh, and maybe it feels a little bit better to know. You might, you might be the only person going through it, uh, but there's other people out there that say, oh, yeah, I know that doesn't feel good. And it's tough. So that's why I remind you of it is to, to say, hey, you're, you're going through it, uh, whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, but the other side of that coin or whatever is that you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve a place you could rest. You deserve a bedtime you could look forward to or feel neutral about. So that's why we make the show is those two reasons. Now, this podcast does not work for everybody, and for most people it works for it takes a few tries. Like I say in every intro, I've gotten probably a million messages that said, hey, it took two or three tries for me to get used to the show because I didn't get it, I didn't like it. Uh, or I, you know, there's a certain, now if you already have a certain level of dislike of me in the podcast, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. But even so, give it a try, you know, and see how it goes, because that's why the show exists. You deserve a good night's sleep or a bedtime you could look forward to and say, well, at least I got that rambling, kind of incoherent babbler or whatever. The wrapping paper, he he does rap on wrapping paper, and I can't even imagine. And you're right, when I wrap a gift, it looks exactly like what you would imagine it would look like. And I'm guessing this episode's coming out around the holiday season, but I'm not positive. So I'm not recording it in the holiday season, but whatever. So what I'll do is I'll send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'll use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, and superfluous tangents, which you've kind of seen already. I go off topic. I get mixed up. I misspeak. And then I remember something else. And then I say, wait a second, what about that wrapping paper stuff? Believe it or not, that's also what it looks like when I'm wrapping gifts. Is uh, like, uh, first of all, I say, I know I have a cache of wrapping paper somewhere, probably smushed in a corner of the closet. Uh, 
or some other storage area where the tubes bent and pushed up against things. And the only time I remember those is uh, not in the holiday season, not in the wrap, not in the wrapping season. I, I probably talked about this before. I, I know I'm supposed to get to the intro, but there was uh, for a while. I mean, I think this was when I was in college and I had a job. Uh, there was a bookstore. It wasn't one of the big bookstores. It no longer exists. I think it, it was called Brenneton. Well, not like Benetton. That was a clothing store. But I think it was something like Brenna, Bren, Bren, Brenna somethings. And if you bought a book there, they would gift wrap it for gift wrap wrap it nicely for free. Now it all came in a green wrapping paper or emerald, I'd say, with gold stuff, not real gold. And so I'd buy a majority of my gifts there because uh, say they write like I can't. I remember when somebody told me about it. Some other kid, maybe it was even in high school. They said they'll wrap the gift for free there. Think of the savings. Uh, it wasn't, it was just about, anyway, I don't know. That doesn't exist. Believe it or not, that company didn't last. And I think they were gone before uh, even online shopping, probably. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, because that's probably when the big box bookstores came to the mall because it used to be there was that bookstore, then there was Walden Books, and I think those were probably, think about the, those, that was a different time. The, this may have been the 90s and the aughts, early aughts. There was enough mall book business to have usually two two bookstores at least. And a lot of times there was like a used bookstore too. Oh boy, right to talk about navel gazing. You didn't even have to look it up because you're doing it. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll send my voice of long, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Podca- oh, this is a podcast you don't really listen to. You probably already figured that out. You just kind of barely listen, not along. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Brenatanos, it was called, maybe. Okay, uh-huh, yeah, I remember. No, I don't remember that. Never been to a mall. Like, I've been to a mall, but uh, not in the glory days. Oh, well, that was in the glory days for me. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, oh, now I'm commenting on my comments. So that, you don't have to do that. But you might. Your brain might. And you say, okay, uh-huh. So it's just you kind of barely listen. This podcast also doesn't put you to sleep. I'm here to keep you company and take your mind off of stuff so you could fall asleep. To wrap your thoughts up, I guess. Uh, it like So, yeah, just to reiterate, if you're imagining me wrapping something, usually I, I mismeasure the wrapping paper, so there's too much or too little wrapping paper. Uh, probably too much uh, tape, uh, and I just don't know. I mean, I try, and, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just like you imagine. Uh, is, a lot of times my goal with the wrapping is if, oh, at least one side looks pretty good. So when you're looking at it flat on something else, like uh, coming out of a bag or under a tree, you say that look, oh boy, until you pick it up, you say, oh boy, Scoots must have wrapped this one. So I'm here to keep you company, be your boar friend, your boar bay, your boar sib, your boar bud, your boar bestie, your neighbor, your boar burr, your friend in the deep dark night. To keep you company and take your mind off stuff to be here uh, so that you can fall asleep and not listening to me. But if you can't sleep, there are people, regular listeners who can't sleep, and I'm here to keep them company all the way to the end. 
So if you wake up and you need me, you need to listen all night, or you need to check in, you need a break during the day tomorrow, I'm here. So those are a couple couple things. Uh, so first thing, I mean, it's pretty normal. You First you say, do I have any wrapping paper? Usually that's like five minutes before, after I needed it. Then I discover this is I mean I do nonlinear wrapping like uh, remember when they came out with nonlinear editing, not everybody but like uh, so so in some sense I wrap my wrap my presence in a nonlinear way. <laughs> I don't even know I don't even understand what that means but it's probably the truth. But at some point I find the wrapping paper, or I go out and buy more. I'm pretty sure I have some. I think I have some uh, with the uh, Frozen characters on it. I got the 99 cent store. So then I'll like, uh, then, then I have to find scissors and tape. Uh, those are the next two chal- hurdles uh, to my wrapping. I'm going to wrap, wrap, wrap this present right out of my hair. Uh, but eventually I wrap them. Oh, well, let me wrap this up, though. So a couple other things to know if you're new. On top of this, podcast is not for everybody. It takes getting used to. It doesn't make sense at first. Then you realize it. oh, it's not supposed to make sense. It never goes anywhere. Oh, it's not supposed to ever get started or go anywhere. It never starts getting sleepy. It's just always kind of sleepy. So in addition to those things, there are other things that take some getting used to or that are just different than what you might expect. So I'll tell you about those now so you understand why they're here. And then if you become a regular listener, regular listeners, in the end, they mostly listen listen linearly. But you could start the show 20, 30 minutes in. Um, only about two or three people do that. Or you could pay and then listen to story-only episodes, but more people listen to the intro episodes. So you can kind of discover how you want to listen as you become a regular listener. But the reason the show is structured the way it is is because it come, it does come out linearly twice a week for free. So it starts out with a greeting, friends beyond the binary, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, blah, 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 wrapping paper, whatever I said this time. So you feel seen and welcomed in and you say, well, I've wrapped the present before so I can relate. There is some sort of common ground we have. Though you might be good at it, or you say, well, I put time and effort into it. I say, okay, I appreciate, I appreciate that. My brain, just used, my brain just used the listeners to to put a burn on me. Did you notice, anybody notice that? That's what my brain does. It just, I, I apologize on behalf of my internal critic uh, for what just happened, but that's probably, you probably can relate. I said, well, you know, that's what happens when <laughs> you and you say, then my brain just had my nana be like, you know what? If you're not going to wrap a present uh, with caring and love, just don't give me a gift at all. And then she would say to my some other imaginary, well-adjusted relative, oh, the way you wrap this gift, you don't you didn't need to give me anything else at all. So I'm not even going to open it. And then that kid would giggle because they say, well, it's just a block of wood that I wrapped nicely. And then maybe she would open it and she'd say, oh, it was a block of wood. Could you rewrap it for me and give me it as a gift? It was a pleasure just opening that wrapping paper of yours, uh, unlike little Andy here. <laughs> so anyway, it made that about me. But you just relate. You see, I can relate to stuff, you know. So the show starts off with a greeting. Then 
there's support because the goal of the podcast is to be free. You can 100% optionally pay for this podcast. Uh, like, uh, or 95% of people can, uh, and the show does great. If 95% of people optionally pay for the podcast or support the sponsors, but the people that support the sponsors and the support the show, that 5% of people that enable everybody to listen for free. And then there's support for listeners who are having a tough time right now and support for the communities around the show. Then there's the intro which is separate from the support. But if people don't like the support, they tend to lump the intro and the support together. And then I feel like the reason I keep talking about it so much is because I don't want you to miss out really on the intros because the intro is a lot of people's favorite part of the show that are regular listeners, but it also serves an actual purpose, which is to give you a break or some distance or buffer between like night nighttime and bedtime to ease you into bedtime and ideally to be part of your bedtime routine, like start getting ready for bed or do other, some other activity. Now there's people falling asleep already. We're happy for them or in bed getting comfortable, but the most effective thing that's been shown for sleep is part of it is having a wind down routine. So the intro, it introduces a show inefficiently. So you have a little wind down and a little break a little lowering of the volume, or I start my distraction. Then again, there's support between the intro and the story. Then there'll be a story about the making of uh, Nuns in Space Season 3, and then a little bit of a coming soon, and then some thank yous at the end. So this is a structural show. It's why I make the show. If I never talked about it before, that's how I wrap my gifts uh, I'm glad you're here. I really appreciate you coming by and checking the podcast out or coming back episode after episode. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple ways able, I'm able to get to do it for you for free twice a week. All right, everybody. Hey, Scoots here. And this is episode 13 of uh, Nuns in Space. And uh, this is where we kind of look back at the creation of Nuns in Space episode season three and if you're so this is the first time you're listening to one of these episodes or to a nuns in space episode glad you're here these episodes are where we kind of look back it's kind of like a making a meandering making of so you get to kind of see some of the thoughts that go into the show some of the questions or ideas and uh you know what what where you know the it just offers a great opportunities for meanders and ideally, it also helps us stay on the production schedule or, in this case, get back on the track. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think that's it. Without further ado, uh, we won't have this. So, so, yeah, we look back at, uh, there, I guess there'll be spoilers. But then, you know, you just look at this as like, oh, I watched the DVD extras first. And I fell asleep in 10 minutes, but I think I heard something about there being nuns on a spaceship, and uh, then I forgot. So a couple of things I want to cover, if I remember to, obviously, is uh, episodically modular. The This is the first time we did some production stuff with this show. Um, there was something else right before I started talking I wanted to talk about that I forgot. Uh Oh, the initial ideas and the listens through before this series. 
and Nuns in Space and Second Seasons and Third Seasons. So let's talk about Second Seasons and Third Seasons of Sleep With Me stories and uh, the, the, the benefits and the challenges they they offer. I don't even know what I was going to say. I wasn't going to say propose, but I don't know what word I was looking for there. Then we'll talk about listening to the second season and then maybe ideas that I had before we started and then where things went. Uh, but also I want to earlier talk about the production schedule. So, okay, so where we start is uh, season. So Sleep With Me has a pretty regular schedule and we have three styles of episodes. We make uh, TV recaps random episodes or what we call trending Tuesday episodes, even though they don't come out on Tuesday and they're not all based on randomizing or trends. It's just traditionally what we call them. And then written episodes or well, lightly written first, second, third draft style uh, episodes with on, I'd say ongoing series would be maybe the best way, but those are the written ones. Or the most written of every, well, the TV show episodes, we have a lot of notes on. So those episodes come out alternating between one another. Like, like so traditionally it'd be, yeah, they alternate uh, in the rounds of three. And that way there's always something for somebody because there are people that don't like the uh, story episodes. There's people that don't like TV recap episodes. And there's people that don't like random episodes. So that way... Fans of each one, or usually people are not fans of one, but there are a lot of people that exclusively just listen to a few things. So the more uh, selection we offer, that's part of it. And then we have tried to alternate uh, between having a a series uh, of returning characters and then a series of new characters. And that'll be the case for the next series we do coming up. It'll be a new series, new concept, uh, and should be interesting as we've been. Uh, so that's uh, so. Oh, and so sometimes we do second series, third series. This is season three or series three of Nuns in Space. And Stan and sidekick Scooter remain. remain uh, some of the long-term listeners' favorite characters, along with Lady Witchbeard and Agatha, the stepmother of uh, Cinderella, as the ones I hear about uh, the most. Though, you know, there is some love out there for James Cashpenny, Richard Warren Sears, and Dr. Triangle and Isosceles, uh, and, well, all the characters. I, now, now I feel like I'm leaving people out. But, you know, I do get this question, when's the next series about with Stan? When's the next Nuns in Space? For for years, and that's totally understandable. No problem. If you have that feeling, you go feel free to send me an email. But I will say that uh, it doesn't, it can't, won't change the time when it comes out. Because, one, we plan pretty far ahead of time, or I kind of allot things pretty far ahead of time. So, obviously, the first half of 2023 will be taken up by this next uh, series. Uh, and I won't even think about the back half of 2023 until, I don't know when, like, until uh, uh, the time is right. So, but, so you say, hey, well, like, so there's a couple things we we wait around for. You say, of course I want to spend more time with Stan. When there's a kind of uh, idea 
that makes it work. Uh, and sometimes those ideas will come and go. So I kind of wait for the sticky ideas or I forget to write down and maybe I miss a good idea. I don't know. So, so, but the cool thing about returning characters is that I know them and I kind of have a better idea of uh, their motivations and who they are and how they interact with one another and they interact with the world. Though that also offers a challenge because the listeners also have their own relationship with the characters. And ideally, most people are falling asleep anyway, but that doesn't change the thing that sleep with me listeners, like people that consume everything, have a sense of taste for the things they consume. And they have a taste for episodes of Sleep With Me, and they have their flavor profiles. And so if uh, something, like, uh, doesn't fit that profile, they'll they'll have feelings about it. And we're, our goal is not to wake you up, right? And also because of the rigorous schedule of Sleep With Me, like, uh, what is that stuff called in a movie set where continuity is... Uh, Few and far, the continuity errors are not few and far between. But I don't get a lot of continuity questions. It's just more of like, uh, like, like uh, what people would, if people, you know, expectations being out of misalignment or flavor. You say, this tastes different than I remember. And that happens with everything and even with me. So, but so this, so I'd gotten questions ever since Nuns in Space 2 came out. When's the next series of Nuns in Space? And I said, well, I don't know, because I don't know when it would, would, would it be after. What for, I mean, my questions honestly were like, what happened in season one and two? There's Stan and Scooter, and Earth has a cloud. Is there still a cloud of delusion? Uh, or did they, as a lot, so many series, did they spread it across time and space? Uh, and what would that mean? Or when, was season two a prequel? I don't remember. I mean, I'm not kidding. People, this is not a bit. That's, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, because I'm making episodes before, you know, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't, I'm not able to focus or be my own archivist in a sense. And even if I did, I would, like, if I had an archivist to write a report, I would, I would say, I don't know if I have time to read this report, uh, in a way that would affect the making of it. Because uh, I gotta go make episodes, so okay. So that means uh, that usually the season it's great. It, I've learned that it's like okay. Well, is this a standalone concept that ideally is firewalled between firewalled from as much continuity as possible? And uh, this time I did well. I had other concepts about the series uh, that ended up not panning out, but uh, you know I had like Stan. Is always becoming a little bit more of a sentient being is one of the goals. And the interaction of Stan being in a leadership position or growing into one in season two, becoming more and more, quote, quotes human. Though Stan is not human, just like, uh, just, just using scooter language that a scooter would understand, to quote Stan, uh, so is so that was kind of the thing with okay where's Stan on Stan's development out? That's one question that was out there in my head. Okay, if we do season three, where would it be with Stan's development? And I had ideas come and go, particular ideas like a season long thing with Stan with a rival because I think we had Stun at one point. 
And then another thing I had was like Stan's first uh, romantic relationship uh, or a series of romantic, like Stan, like uh, having that change from going from uh, prepubescence to prepubescence or whatever, whatever you want to call it. But that's not enough to drive a season. But I said, okay, those could be parts of it, maybe. And then I'm not sure where this idea came from for the conceit of this season. But I did want to say there was, okay, there was a couple other uh, concepts that were important. And I don't know if these came first or second, to be honest. But again, like uh, the idea, the initial concept of nuns in space, which is the hardest concept to deliver on. And continues to be the most elusive in some sense because, it, you know, um, in re, the, even a, like, a bending of reality is almost impossible. For me to be on, the, on a spaceship with the nuns from my childhood for real, I guess as an adult, and to try to work together, that was the initial concept for nuns in space. And it was a concept that I wanted to build something in for this season once again to be like, okay, I want that to somehow be a reality this season that Scooter Drew has to work with the nuns from his childhood. And it isn't just a pure delusion or it's not questioning. There isn't a question of are these the real nuns from your childhood or are you being delusional? which was kind of how we did it in season one. I don't know, season two was the Stan Chronicles, so I don't think there was any nuns. But uh, so so that idea kind of came to me in a sense of, again, playing with what what does it mean to make an episodically modular series in a way that is effective, even though it's not really effective because you have to title everything and normally the people that object or say this isn't this is like as soon as you think something's not going to work for you with sleep with me it's not going to work it's just a reality and there's no reason to take that like that's just no, that's normal behavior i want to normalize it for anybody that says well when i see episode 5 i can't listen to it and i understand and empathize with you and that's why i work so hard to keep the selections going but i will reiterate just in case uh, there is some movement in, inside of you but to normal to normalize, you know, if there isn't, that's normal. Is that we've worked? I've worked really hard over the past uh, whatever five six years to really probe what does this mean to make an episodically modular series, or ser- what is it uh, episodic and not serialized with a touch of seriality? I mean, otherwise, it would ju- ju- it would be hard to get to the conclusion, which kind of goes into our production this time. But I realized, okay, like that could be part of, and I think it helps with the past couple of seasons or series we've done and being like, okay, what does this mean if there's like, you're following a procedure? So there is a task that has to be completed. And let's go into the production stuff before we get into the plot stuff. Uh, but walls, if you're new, all episodically modular means is that you could mostly listen to it out of order. And so this, the first time I did this, I don't know how successful, well, I do know how successful it was uh, and the challenges it offered. And actually the freedom, because I mean, I'll be honest, I just recorded episode nine and I feel like while episode, 
Oh, wait, that's episode seven. I don't remember what episode eight is now. Oh, wait a second. I can kind of almost remember what episode eight is. But I feel like episode nine was the strongest episode of the season, just from my production sense. I haven't listened to it yet. And it could also be whatever recent, recent, recency, whatever that is, because I just recorded it. But so I'll tell you, if you're listening, and this has never happened before with the serialized series that I remember now, like uh, that I recorded the beginning of the season and the end of the season and then all the other episodes. And as far as I can tell, I don't remember right at this moment if I recorded episode one and then episode two and then 10, 11, and 12. But I know like... uh, 10, 11, 12 were either after, recorded after episode one or after episode two. And uh, and I just wanted to see, like, hey, if you're going to do something episodically modular, man, let's really try this. Now, we have, there's probably been other times during the season episodes have moved, though I can't remember, so so I don't have an example of that. But I really wanted to see, okay, if we're going to make this with just a touch of seriality, let's figure out how to end this. And then we, then without, so then if we're not leading towards an ending, all the episodes after the ending will have their, they'll be fully uh, uh, episodically modular, uh, even in their production. And I feel like the cool thing is that uh, it enabled me to do that. The other, but the other side of it is, uh, and it probably might not return to it for two reasons. One is a production reason is that uh, because with the, with the episode, like this, um, the uh, release schedule, because this is like, I, I use this as an analogy a lot, but it really is. That Sleep With Me is like a moving train that I'm building the tracks for and everybody else that works on the show. And even with some lead time, like uh, like uh, th- that makes it, it made it really difficult. Uh, like once we got through episode two, um, like it, it's nice now to have episode nine done to know that 10, 11, and 12 are also done. And now I'm doing 13. So that's 1, 10, 11, 12, 13. And we need, we usually like to have six to eight episodes. Uh, I think I've given up on having eight episodes of the series, but six is nice uh, in the bank. But, and uh, so anyway, that really did create some, and patrons would know that uh, those episodes weren't even always ready 10 days out from public release because, uh, just because, uh, the reality is the shows have to be edited, they have to be listened to, they have to be mixed, and uh, all, all that takes time. Uh, so so that was a challenge. But also creatively, I do feel like one of the things about making these ongoing series, and that's why I probably feel like 9 is the strongest episode, in my opinion, right now as I'm talking, is the longer time you spend with the characters interacting and facing, uh, you know, uh, challenges or whatever, you know, the more that's how they develop and how you get to know them is seeing them deal with things. And so that leads things to a conclusion 
So it's kind of like tough when you're making something that's both a touch of seriality and episodically modular, but also not a pre-planned production. It's not like I'm plant, plotting out the whole season. I, I just don't have the re- reality and time for that. So it, it was interesting to do, and I think it was successful, but I don't know if I'll do it again. But maybe if I did, it would be another recurring set of characters because then it would be, I don't know. So it could be, because for example, to go into creative stuff, it was like, well, okay, so we had the nuns. And then we had the idea that Stan would have demigod powers and that, uh, yeah, delusion had been cast across time and space and that Stan was going to deal with the delusion and then the idea came of like, oh, well, it'd be cool, and not just for episodically modular reason, but for a challenge for Stan to be reset at the start of every episode and starting in the middle of something and also not knowing, kind of important for the story, for to challenge Stan, that Stan doesn't know that whatever Stan's dealing with is caused by some sort of concentrated delusion you're going to remember that the next time, unless your your memory's wiped. So then at the next planet, Stan would just say, well, let's find the concentrated source of delusion and get to the bottom of that. And then for Scooter to come in, Scooter has his, uh, his own procedure to figure out stuff with the nuns to get to Stan. But then Scooter's there to help Stan. And also, he Scooter hasn't been in that situation, so it's not like... Uh, and stands in, and Scooter's not there to solve things, but to help Stan solve things. And for Scooter to try to just solve things uh, would be go against the character, but also it'd be like uh, go against their relationship, and it would just be confusing. Even if it was like Scooter was going to go in there and say, Stan, and he just stopped talking, like uh, there's a piece of concentrated delusion here. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. All this time you've spent on the planet working towards a solution has made it worse. Not your fault. So the delusion's fault. Stan would say, Scooter, I think you're being delusional. Like, uh, or I think I know where the concentrated delusion is. And he'd tap my head or something. So, um, so yeah, that, uh, yeah. So, um, what was my point? I'm getting mixed up. I was just like, he's right. But so, a procedural, oh, so th- that way, each episode, Stan has to work towards a solution, too. I don't know what I was setting up. Uh, and then Scooter has to come help him. Uh, uh, but, oh, creatively, I don't know, that's very episodically modular. And I don't know, I, like, I, I enjoyed it, uh Oh, the, oh the, also the idea that, so st- but originally that it was like, it was very important that, that you know, that the, the Scooter and the nuns were trapped in a, a gem inside of uh, Stan, and the nuns were really trying to get out, uh, and, and, but they were also caught in a loop. Uh, and then I said, like, once I got to the end, I was like, okay, now that's not a, a super important, and it, uh, even when, I can remember running in a, a, like going for a trail run and listening and thinking about all this and being like, I don't know how, like, uh, how this really works. Okay. So there's a gem stuck in Stan. 
there's a lot of unanswered questions, I'll say. Uh, but, but, but it, like, uh, what wasn't unanswered is that every, <laughs> the questions of every episode, how Scooter, what does Scooter need to do and help the nuns with so he can get to Stan? And basically stands on a planet that has a situation. Stan will try to solve the problem and make it worse. Uh, that, that normal that wasn't a rule, but it's like, uh, Stan's first efforts won't work out normally because Stan's headed in the wrong direction. But also as a key of this one that uh, Stan and Scooter need to, like, Stan needs Scooter. And, I mean, Scooter needs to Stan. Uh, like, their relationships is kind of the most important thing in Stan's growth or Stan's humanity. Uh, so, um yeah, so uh, those are the kind of things we're exploring in that hopefully the procedure or the process of the episodically modular series is set forth as like, oh, like uh, these challenges. I mean, originally, uh, what called me back was thinking about staying, falling in love. And, and, and so then, but then I was like, did that happen in season two? So then... If you're a member of the Midnight Mission newsletter, which is free, you can sign up at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash Midnight Mission. We, I rewatched or I re-listened to all the episodes of season two at like two times speed in like 15 to 30 minute chunks. And, um, and so I realized, okay, that was an interesting season. It was mostly based on the artist's journey or the artist's way. And while Stan did kind of have a, a, a kind of a relationship uh, with uh, with a ship whose name escapes me, I think that was even earlier in that season. And uh, that uh, I was like, okay, like maybe this is part of it. Like Stan is learned. Maybe Stan goes on dates. Stan has a crush on somebody. Had all these really grand ideas, like even having a Stan podcast about it. Part of that was just the falling off of like uh, our, our our production budget, like or whatever, to, to being able to allot time to stuff. Uh, as like uh, things changed with the the support behind the show, but like I was like, okay, we we just can't make this uh, side podcast or whatever. But it was also at the same time like, okay, well, that kind of feels like too g- gimmicky, even though the whole idea of episodically modular. Uh, I guess gimmicky is more like, where can I create a place for Stan and Scooter to be or build a story or whatever? I don't know. Like, instead of forcing them into a story and saying, hey, Stan, you're going to start dating now. Like, okay, uh, well, why would I do that, Scooter? And I say, well, because it's uh, the idea I had. Oh, okay. And they say, well, what can't you wait till I want to start dating? So, I don't know. It just was like, okay, this isn't. This doesn't seem like where the show. Where once you start telling the story, I don't know. It's kind of like you're looking for a path in the woods for me or whatever. So, I mean, I think I talked about this analogy before, but uh, I think it was Robert Rodriguez said, uh, like, uh, oh well, yeah, like I'm making a story. It's like I'm like it's in the attic. Uh, 
and all the pieces of the story are scattered around the attic, and my job's to go around the attic and looking and stuff. Oh, there's something here underneath this thing. Now, what part of the story does this, like, uh, I mean, that's not that simple of an analogy, and that's not, probably not the analogy that uh, they were making, that uh, it's just that, uh, <laughs> but, but, I don't know. So, okay, so we listened to the first season, we recorded it out of order. Oh, another thing I was hoping, and I'd looked at the ske- the release schedule, and maybe this was also a part of the uh, recording it out of order. It is really hard for me to, like, uh, make it, but I was thinking we'd do themed episodes, and we kind of did, but they got released out of order just because, again, the schedule. But, like, because uh, so the Cornucopia episode came out in, like, September, and then we kind of had two Halloween-esque themed episodes. There's no holiday-style episodes. Uh, but I was thinking that could be another, was like initially an idea of like, oh, uh, but I forget like how spread out those are and how to stay on um, to stay on schedule. It'd be like, okay, we, well, there's no way for us to meet the schedule um, and mo- just mo- move stuff around which uh, without... Uh, skipping a week or uh, skipping a couple weeks. But I thought that might have been cute to, like, do that, but it, it didn't work out. So there's that. And, you know, like, here's an idea. Like, uh, we got a little bit of time here. And I'll see what else comes up about Nuns in Space. Um, but I'm just thinking over the next series we're doing, and I've probably done this before. It's like, okay, well, what can I record now and how will it be different for the next series without giving too much away? Um, maybe I can't do that. But so I'm working at, as today was the first day of writing the new series. Uh, and that one has kind of gone through some flavor changes as I, like, uh, it became a concept. And this was an interactive one, like where... Uh, I don't know what, like initially I was, this idea is only two or three months old, which is pretty young for, um, like, so I don't know what I was thinking I was going to do before that. I can't even honestly remember, but I was like, what's the next series going to be? And then this idea came storming out of nowhere, literally like my daughter and I, and maybe after the series, I'll tell you the movie and stuff. So my daughter and I watched a movie, then and we watched the original version of the movie, and then we watched a remake, which, re, like, uh, the movie, I think it was an 80s movie. The remake came out, like, uh, in, like, uh, not the aughts and not the 20s, the 10s or whatever, and... uh there's also like a musical version of it, which we haven't watched, but and the movies are not musicals, though there is music in the movies. So some of you might have figured it out, please don't publicly, just keep it until the season comes to an end. But you could privately share your guesses, I guess. I, but I won't, I, I honestly, I can't answer it. And we got really lucky because we were, um, we, uh, like, so. <laughs> And I just saw a tweet, somebody who joked about this. It's like, uh, things have gotten now back to the point where it's like, I wish you could just, in this case, I did pay to rent the movie. I mean, I paid on a streaming service to rent it, but 
because it was like we were looking for the movie and it took forever because even when you look on, when you Google like uh, which service has this movie, it wasn't correct. And then the only thing we could find was the remake, uh, which was on one of the services we use. And the original was not anywhere to stream for free. And then I said, and my daughter's like, well, let's just watch the remake. And I said, no, I just got a sense like, uh, I think we should watch the original first. Uh, and it wasn't like, I, I literally had no memory of this movie or almost no memory of it. And so... It, it, this is some serious vagueness, right? Uh, this is probably good for, for uh, uh, like, uh, I apologize if the vagueness is not working for you. But uh, so I said, it just had a vague sense, though, that I said, well, uh, I really think we should watch. I don't remember the original version, but I think we should watch the original. Like, and it wasn't, a, this was not a lauded film. And it's not even a film that, I mean, I guess when I think about the remake, uh, like, uh, and it was a straight remake. I mean, uh, when, when I say that it wasn't remade, like, uh, as a comedy or something like that, uh, or a parody of the original, it wasn't a shot for shot remake though, either. But so we watched the original and again, like I said, it's not a, a movie that's, uh, um, I don't know. It's a movie. I don't know. So like that, anybody's like, you got to go rewatch this. But now I'll tell you, you probably should think about rewatching it because when you hear what movie it is down the road, because I was like, holy cow, like, uh, this movie's pretty good. And for the eighties, it, it, it was nuanced. Uh, and that was the one thing I did not associate with it. I was like, I thought the movie had no nuance. Like, uh, and maybe it was some of the level of uh, performance in the movie, but I was just so blown away. And then we watched the remake, and and uh, I was glad we watched the original first because I think if we watched the remake, uh, there's no way I could have got my daughter to watch the original. And I don't think I would have enjoyed the original alone or I would have had a different flavor. But the thing about the original was that uh, uh, there was just a couple things— uh, that were kind of like slightly uncanny. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's, I'm going to use it uh, in it, like in a good way. Where where so I, don't, I think it was after we watched the movie, but it could have been while we were still watching it that I started like uh, maybe it was at bedtime, um, and I was trying to get my daughter to go to sleep. Where I started, um, yeah, I guess it was at bedtime. It was. Uh, that I started writing like a journal, like a out loud journal of the main character because I had the idea, once I was thinking about this uncanny idea, I was like, oh, wait a second, what if this, and I've never, so here's the thing, and this will make sense uh, for the series that's coming up, even though it's a different idea. I've never seen an episode of, um, what's that show called? Is it Touched by an Angel with Michael Landon? And I remember that show being on the air a lot. And then Quantum Leap, which has a new version out. I don't think it, maybe I watched a version of Quantum Leap. Uh, now, there was a show even before Quantum Leap and Touched by an Angel. And I don't know if it was on repeats. Like, I can barely remember anything about it. But it was like this procedural similar to those 
which isn't that different than like in Nuns in Space we talked about, A-Team and uh, Knight Rider. So I don't know if, here's like what I think touched about, is that, no, no, it's not called, Highway to Heaven is what it's called. Uh, Touched by an Angel something else. I don't know what that one's about. But my understanding about Touched by an Angel, or no, <laughs> Highway to Heaven, is that it's like uh, Michael Landon's an angel, he goes to a town and helps people, like a guardian angel. Now, I might be wrong, and uh, I don't know. And that's not what this series is, uh, but that's what I was imagining this movie was. And there's no, there's nothing in the movie that has that. It's all project. It was all me fan fictioning it. But I started writing these imaginary journals, or telling them to my daughter's bedtime stories of the main character from the movie writing journals at night, uh, checking in. Because here's the thing, even though it was a film, uh, when you really look at the plot of the movie and really what's powerful about the movie to me, you know, they say like with movies or stories, and I don't know if this is, I don't think it's necessarily true. There's like two kinds of stories. A stranger comes to town or a person goes on a journey. And this one was definitely a stranger comes to town, and uh, but they're there, the stranger to help people, particularly the two. I don't know. The person helping is definitely the lead, but there's two very interesting characters, and then there's some even C plot characters. But there's two B plot characters that need help, and uh, actually, like on an emotional journey or whatever, they both need something to shift within them. And some of this could be projection, but no, I don't think so. And, and in a very nuanced way again, and even in um, an over the, some of the behavior of one of the characters is so over the top that it's, that it actually adds nuance uh, to me or did to me. Now the reviews of this movie, when it came out, I read some today were not good so again, this could be like, uh, you know, when I, you know, I return, you know, I could be going on a journey, but whatever. So I had the idea that this character was actually there for a reason. I mean, in the story, they're there for a reason, but you're watching the movie. You're not really there. Like, what are the, what's the difference in the story? There's like a character has a want and a need, right? And in this story, the main character wants uh, something, uh, and they like they want to overcome this challenge that the place like uh, they think they're there to change this one surface thing, but really they're there to help the other two people. I'm trying to think what they need. I mean, I guess like, uh, but I don't know. And that and that is in a sense that conundrum for me it might not be the reality. Of the movie was like, well, what do they really need? Yeah, they want this. Uh, and maybe they want something else too. But what do they need? They just need to help these two people, and maybe a couple other. And actually, like uh, their other bonds come from helping people too. And even the symbolic thing they're doing is helping people. But uh, like they really need to help these two characters heal. I mean, like they're they're there. And I said, well, this is this what uh, Highway to Heaven was like. Because I said this movie, this 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 character could be placed there for a reason. Now they didn't come to town by themselves, so, so you say, okay, well, probably probably continuity error in Scoots's brain. I'd say, read right about that.
But so I started writing, I mean, not writing, I just like making them up on the spot, like of uh, basically this main character getting, going into the room at night to get ready for bed, lying down, and then kind of writing a journal, like day one, like this is, this happened and I got here. And I think this like, almost like a guardian angel checking in with, uh, with the geo to the D and saying, Hey, I'm just reporting back. Uh, and you know, this is what I found out so far. And I think this is what you want me to do, but I totally don't understand it or I don't know how I'm going to do it. And these are some of the things I encountered. And so, so, okay. So then like, I, like, uh, and I was able to go on some good meanders and I think it was like a two or three night thing. And my daughter was laughing and like uh, Anna had meanders. Those are always good signs. And we were both like, this should be a pot. This should be the podcast. And I said, okay. And then I said, well, um, I said, okay, like maybe this could be the next se- season. And then I started like flushing it out. Right. Uh, and I said, well, this does sound a bit, I've never watched Highway to Heaven, but it does sound like the plot of that show. Plus, that's kind of very, I said, oh, well, that gets into belief systems and, uh, like, is there a way to kind of, uh, it seems like a, it could be a block for some people. Uh, and, uh, and also, like, it has a different creative constraint than the one I like. But I said, I like this idea. And the more I thought about the movie and imagining that the character was sent there on an assignment, uh, uh, like, uh, oh, I don't know. like, And that was kind of the basic of the thing of the journal was like uh, that they were sent there to help in a general way. Like, you're going to find a couple people and they need your help. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'll have to look up Highway to Heaven if that's what it was about. But um, yeah, let's finish up. We got about five minutes. But so basically this series is not that, I mean, it is like a imagining of like, what would the sleep with me version of all of that be? Let's see. Highway to heaven though. This is fun. Never done. Have we done this before? I mean, uh, on this style episode, I think we have highway to heaven, American drama series or oh, drama. Okay. Started in 89. No. Oh, ended in 89, started in 84. Still airing and, uh, okay, here we go. Here's a Wikipedia fantasy drama. Michael Landon is Jonathan Smith, an angel sent to help people in need. Yeah. Victor French was, uh, Mark Gordon. Oh, co-star from Little House on the Prairie, uh, who travels with and helps Smith on the tasks or assignments. And I think that's an important part of these, uh, like I think on Quantum Leap, there's that other dude, who's kind of like, uh, and then on the show I'm thinking of as a kid, it was like an adult and a kid that were like time, tra- I don't know if it was called time travelers or something, time helpers. Um, and then Knight Rider has Kit, the A-team have one another. So the, the helper is important in this idea. And this is very procedural and episodically modular again. And, and I mean, ours is different, but let's see. Okay, so we got this uh, 111 episodes, plot and themes. Uh, okay, interesting. Like, uh, sent to help people in need. 
meets Mark Gordon, who's not happy. Oh, so this dude only has one trip. Uh, Mark helps him complete his assignment, uh, volunteers to help Jonathan help people on Earth. Uh, the boss approves, uh, and they get assignments. Yeah, so this is pretty much along the lines of what I was thinking of as far as, like, that character. Uh, like, so they have jobs, uh they arrive in a new city and take jobs. Uh, so, yeah, there's a little bit about it. Production. Michael Landon had the idea. Uh, this is from Wikipedia. I was on my way driving through Beverly Hills to pick up my kids, and everybody's honking in Beverly Hills. And people have money, and they think if they honk, uh, things will part. Uh, and I thought, why is everybody so irritated? I'm paraphrasing. Uh if they spend that time being nice, uh, it would go, go better for everybody. And people were skeptical when he pitched the idea, but he was persistent landing. And he said, uh, I would even make two pilots, the second pilot for free or no pay. And he chose Victor French because uh, they were familiar with one another from Bonanza and Little House on the Prairie. And uh, there's a theme song by David Rose. And it consistently ranked, ranked among the top 25 shows on TV. Uh, let's see. Cancer. And yeah, syndicated. So interesting. Oh, wait. Reboot film series. Oh, there was a, a reboot film series. Uh so, yeah, I don't know. Basically, uh, like, yeah, looking at, I've never watched this show, or maybe I don't think I have. And I don't think I've really watched any Quantum Leap. I mean, those shows are probably on before, but I mean, those, I guess, are archetypes. I mean, particularly for me, I watch Riptide, uh, A-Team. I mean, I definitely watch a lot of A-Team and uh, a little bit less Knight Rider, but I do watch my share of Knight Rider. And I mean, like to close out, like, I mean, it wasn't always like rooting, like just like uh, the uh, watching uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe. And, and I don't know, maybe I could find a way to do this in the series. I don't know if you can. Is uh, I found myself always rooting not for the, the protagonist because it's like, uh, uh, I mean, I think this maybe where A-Team had the most range was that because they had different characters, you could adjust your feelings and, and have some, uh, you'd say, well, I've had enough of uh, uh, faces uh, looking good, or I've had enough of uh, Murdoch messing stuff up, or, or uh, Mr. T's competence in uh, all areas and his bad attitude. Uh, so, I don't know, like you could move around with what character... So I don't know, but so, but so basically I don't know. The next series we'll see how it goes, but and and it's not a. Those are the concepts it's related to, but hopefully it goes in a bit of a different direction. But then when you look at Nuns in Space, it just had that, but like with two wheels. Like one was a small wheel or circle with Scooter trying to find a way to help the like. What's the problem with the nuns? How's Scooter going to help? Oh, that didn't work. Try this. Try this. Oh, try that. It gives me a portal to stand. 
And Stan actually gets to a world like where it's like, okay, here's a world that was normally an important part of uh, space or, you know, whatever. Something happened there and it stopped being the way of life was interrupted. And Stan gets there at some point, usually after the way of life was interrupted, realizes, oh, this isn't the normal way of life. Oh, let me try to help you adjust or, or, oh, there seems to be a problem now. And then it becomes, uh, you know, then, oh, and then Scooter's here, and then we fix it. I don't know. So that's it with Nuns in Space looking back, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for being here every week with me. And uh, good night, everybody.